is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Welcome back to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. I'm Lori Martin-Gregory. Andy, it's a pleasure to be back here with you, and we have our special guest this week, somebody who really was there in the very beginning when all of this started. I'm going to let you do the introduction. Yes, Barbara Lou Fisher, one people who I've come to admire most of all in this entire movement. Barbara, just, you won't know this, Laurie, but Barbara and I first met when I was invited to speak at the NVIC, the National Vaccine Information Center, of which Barbara was co-founder way back in Virginia. I was still at that time employed by the Royal Free Hospital, the University of London. I woke up in the morning of the conference in the hotel there. I received a call. I was woken up by a call from the medical school from my boss saying, you must get on the next plane home. These people <laughs> these, these people are quasi-terrorists and you need to get back to England immediately. And I thought, that's very strange. They didn't sound like terrorists on the phone. So I got dressed and I went downstairs and there I met Barbara and Kathy Williams, who'd been with Barbara from the beginning. And I looked at these two ladies, and, and Barbara, you are intellectually intimidating sometimes and quite a formidable woman, but you did not look like a terrorist, like Osama bin Laden or anyone quite like it. That was, it was an extraordinary moment. So I decided at that moment, I thought, well, I think the information I've just received is completely wrong. And so you I were just... a victim of propaganda, Andy. <laughs> I did. Well, I wasn't because I refused to go home and stay there. So I, I didn't buy into the propaganda. And of course, you know, the rest is history. But Barbara, it's absolutely wonderful to have you. Do you have any memories of that moment? Oh, I have vivid memories of it. 1997, uh, that was our first conference, the first international public conference on vaccination. And I remember actually you and I had been talking by telephone before the conference and you had not released uh, your paper yet in the in the Lancet. and you actually called us right before you got on the plane and said you were a little worried that maybe somebody was going to not want you to get off the plane or or get through customs. And I said, no worries. I said, I'll make sure. (laughs) Because at the time, I actually was doing a lot of mainstream interviews. I mean, I was debating doctors on all the networks. I was regularly quoted in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, LA Times. And I said, no worries, I'll call the health reporter at the Washington Post and we'll meet you there if they somehow, you know, aren't, aren't willing to let you in. But of course it was, became very serious when they made that phone call to you, your employers did that morning. And I remember, Andy, trying to talk you out of actually presenting at the conference when I heard what they had threatened you with, that they had both mischaracterized us, but also, you know, were were saying all kinds of things to you that you really do did need to come back to England. And and you and you absolutely would hear none of it. You you insisted that you present. I believe that you change a slide for your employer to say somewhere in England rather than the actual name of the employer and went ahead and said, you know, if I don't do this, if I don't present, I will live in fear for the rest of my life. And I am not going to live like that. And wow, uh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> I knew when you said that, because you remember, we sat there talking at lunch. I tried to, because I'd been involved in the work for 15 years at that point, and I knew how ruthless these people could be. But you were young and you were absolutely full of confidence that this was going to somehow, you were somehow going to be able to prevail. And of course, after everything they've done, you have prevailed. I mean, you stayed it. You stayed the course just like we all have. And those of us who have been committed to doing this work. And, um, and here we are with an incredible movie uh, that you've put together that is actually, as my son said to me when we watched the very first draft, it's a real movie, Mom, he said. <laughs> I said, yes, it is a real movie because it has characters that take the audience on this wonderful journey of discovery of the evidence. And the reason I like the movie, and I'm very proud to be in the movie, is that it does set the record straight about the history of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, a history that I just haven't, people say to me, well, why didn't you talk about this earlier, what really happened? It was a, such a painful experience. It was such a traumatic experience that I think Kathy and I just, we just didn't, we just wanted to keep on moving forward because it, you know, over the years as we saw the law gutted, systematically gutted, it was um, something that just was too painful to talk about, actually. But you, in doing this movie, have, made, have, have liberated, I mean, I feel sort of liberated now because I've been able to talk about it and you put it together and so accurately uh, really given people a picture of what happened. And I thank you very much. Okay, so we're talking about 1986, The Act, which is a brand new film about to be released by Andy Wakefield. It is uh, just an extraordinary film. And you can go, by the way, to 1986theact.com you can get on our mailing list so that when social media cuts us off, because we know they're going to, we will have you on our email list and we'll be able to contact you directly as soon as the film drops. We're within weeks now, not months. And the law that Barbara's referring to that got gutted is the 1986 Act that gave vaccine makers complete immunity from any no. kind of market liability. Wait, wait, it didn't. <laughs> not that's, at first. It's not at first. Not at first, right. It not gave first. partial liability. I mean, that's one of the things that's so important to understand. You're right. Ultimately, after 2011, they had complete liability protection. But in the beginning, they did not. And that is one of the great myths that that is so important that Andy has actually set the record straight on. I just wanted to say that before people got the miss. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why the film is so important. It's an important historical archive, right, by Andy the Valiant. You've earned that name, Andy. But I just would like to just briefly comment, Barbara, that looking back, in, you know, you've got wonderful footage, Andy, of Barbara back in the day, you know, protesting in front of the White House and being on back when you could actually talk to news out reporters and speak the truth. You had wonderful coverage and not for a second was it lost on me that as a mother, you had to really bury the pain of what it was to go through all of that, to be a warrior and stand up and sound the alarm bell. And I just want to thank you for your bravery at doing so, because I'm certain that that was not easy to do. 
Thank you. It wasn't. It, I tell you, I graduated from college in 1969. I was part of the generation of women who, for the first time, went to, to college in, in greater numbers than ever before. I was part of the women's liberation movement, the civil rights movement, uh, the anti-war movement. It all took place during the 60s when I was going to high school and college. Those of us who did were fortunate. I mean, I worked my way through college. So those of us who were able to go to college, women, when we became mothers, we were very determined uh, that we were going to do it in a different way. We were going to breastfeed. That was radical back then. We were going to have the fathers in, in, in the birthing room. That was mm -hmm. radical. I took Lamaze classes, completely radical. I mean, there were doctors who would not take women into as an OB patient if they took Lamaze classes, prepared childbirth classes. Wow. You were supposed to get to that hospital and they were supposed to shove that in anesthesia in there. And you were supposed to be out for the time you got in there to the time that baby, you know, you woke up and the baby was born. I mean, it was a, a very different time. But the one thing, so I read everything I could about when I became pregnant in 1978. I'm sorry, 77, because I had yeah. Chris in 78 in February of 78. Okay, so I went out to the to the bookstores because there was no internet. There were no cell phones. There was no computers, personal computers. There wasn't any of the things that we have today. I had to go to the bookstore and buy books about childbirth and prepared childbirth and everything. I guess what I'm saying is I didn't, I didn't understand that I should have also looked at the pediatrician, which were mostly male pediatricians, just like they were mostly male obstetricians. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it was very paternalistic back then. I mean, you just did what your pediatrician told you. You did not ask questions. Sure, so sure. When I got into this and, and I started and we started to ask questions, they were extremely insulted. They were angry that we were challenging this system, this vaccination system, and what they were telling us to do. And I was furious that I hadn't been giving any information to help protect my son from a, uh, a very crude, old, nasty pertussis vaccine, a whole cell pertussis vaccine and DBT. So I think it's hard for people to understand what we were working with back then and, and how there wasn't any information. And when Congress decided that they, when we started asking questions and demanding congressional hearings and talking to the media back in 1982, after Lee Thompson produced DPT vaccine relied in April of 1982, and we all got together by calling the station, uh, you know, those of us in the DC area and founded this organization known then as the Satisfied Parents Together, today known as the National Vaccine Information Center. There was a lot of anger about what we were doing. So that's never gone away. Um, and it, it was revolutionary though, what we did. To continue listening to this podcast, please go to patreon.com, Andy Wakefield podcast, and become a subscriber. For $5 a month, you will have access to all of our podcast content and other special events. Thank you.